really afraid of him, uh, and they begged him, please leave us alone. Uh, and he goes back to Capernaum, and uh, the man, uh, a man, you know, a friend comes with a dragon with a man on a mat, and, and Jesus sees the faith of the friends, and he says, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees are like, you are blaspheming, because only God can forgive sins. Jesus says, why do you think evil in your hearts? What's easier for me to say, rise up and walk, or to, or to, or to say, your sins are forgiven? <laughs> Tough day in Kitchen. <laughs> uh, but, um, and all the people, when the man gets up and walks out, they're afraid, but they glorify God. And so in this week, we're going to see how people are going to respond to Jesus and how people are going to ask him questions. And Jesus, as he's been presented in Matthew, he doesn't just give simple answers. It's like Jesus gives us riddles a little bit. But he's going to give some, he's going to respond with questions and he's going to respond with some pictures. And uh, let's read together. So we'll read from 8... Oh, it's nine. It's nine. It's nine. Sorry. It's nine. <laughs> I'm, but I'm also in the wrong place. But we're going to read from nine. Oh, well, last, last part. Last part of the beginning. <laughs> you know those uh, directors who put themselves in their movies? Like Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, he, he put himself in the movies sometimes. Uh, also, in modern times, uh, Quentin Tarantino or what's the guy's name who made The Lord of the Rings and Kylie just doesn't understand. Okay. So, <laughs> the the thing is, it's called a cameo. Like when you put yourself in your own movies. So, Alfred Hitch- Hitchcock, he was kind of known for that. So, he's in most of his movies. He has like a small role. He might just be walking across the street or something. Matthew's going to appear in his own gospel today. So he's going to do a cameo. He's not going to be a big part, but he's going to be a part here. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed. And Jesus reclined at a table in the house. Behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why do you teach to eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard, heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, for a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what it means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can a wedding guest mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and they will fast. No one puts on a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from it the garment and worse and worsens the tear it made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is 
the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins. And so both are preserved. Amen. So Jesus, why don't you just give us answers we can understand easily? No. <laughs> But let's explore let's explore what he's saying and what he's talking about. Um So far Jesus he has called the fishermen uh to follow him. And now he takes a little bit of a turn and maybe the fishermen would not have picked this guy since they probably paid taxes to this <laughs> paid taxes to this guy. Um there's all sorts of uh, spec there's all sorts of thinking about uh, what kind of tax collector Matthew is. Some people he says he's probably close to the lake, so maybe he's some kind of fairy ta fairy tax or tax when they bring in their fish or maybe he's just across into town. Well, he's some it's he's some form of a tax collector. He doesn't seem to be a chief tax collector, but he's a tax collector. And tax collectors are seen as scum. Like they're seen as traitors. Because they work for Rome. They work for the occupying poor's and they all have a reputation, whether whether it was true or not, that they would line their own pockets with what extra they could get. And there's also some indication that tax collectors would bid on how much they could raise and then whatever they could raise more than that they could actually keep um, but that's probably not how you get most <laughs> friends in your circles around you that you're the way you get paid is by extorting them of more money so tax collectors definitely don't have a, um, a good reputation and also if, if Jesus maybe had read lots of you know how to build a team books he probably wouldn't have done this either because this seem would <laughs> it seems like this would cause some problems on the team to have these different characters on there but that's just going to get more and more interesting as he calls the other disciples also um so so but if we just look at how uh how Jesus comes to this place. So we just had this period of people praising Jesus, uh, praising God for what he's done by healing the paralytic. And then he passes to the next place and he see, he sees Matthew sitting there. Some people say that Matthew maybe have heard about Jesus before because Jesus has been in the area before and and different things. But what stuck out to me, and I think it's just, I think it's worth repeating. Uh, I was I was I was googling how many people are we on Earth now, and I I've been far behind because I've said six million or six billion, but now apparently we are seven point eight billion people. Um, but I think the beauty here in It says that Jesus passes from there and he saw. Like he sees Matthew. Many times in Matthew's life, at least in his old in the adult occupation, most people probably <laughs> probably wanted to avoid seeing him or avoided him on purpose. Not so with Jesus. He saw him. And remember, even though we're seven point eight billion, God sees. 
Like even as I was out yesterday, so many people, it's so hard to even comprehend. God sees each and every one of them. And so when you are doubting at home, when you're doubting in your heart, like, can he really, does he really see me? Does he really continue to see me in this situation? I think it's good to be reminded about this situation where Jesus, he sees. He sees. So we can hold on to like he also sees us all the time. And last time we talked about he also knows exactly what we're thinking and how that was also a good thing because it can help us to have the mind of Christ so that we are seen and known. And we, Jesus sees him and he calls him, follow me. And Matthew, he responds like the fisherman. He just gets up and follows. Where we had the Last week we also had, uh, or the week before we had, when we talked about the cost of discipleship, some, some of the disciples, they had questions. It's not recorded here that Matthew had questions. He got up and followed. If you remember back to Acts, then we knew that Paul had two names. He was called Paul, he was called Saul. And some of the other disciples also have different names, and some of them are called two different. We had Barnabas, and we had the other word for Barnabas, which I can't remember his name. The same seems to be uh, uh, the same seems to be with Matthew. He is by the other gospel writers when he is called called Levi, uh, but he called himself Matthew. Some people then I can go over here. This is the Bible. Some people speculate that maybe this is Jesus' name for him it means gift of God in Hebrew we don't exactly know that but it's it's nice to think about or he just had two names some of them had three names so it could be the or but Matthew uses Matthew about himself and in somebody pointed out and in the lists uh, in the list of Luke and um, Mark when they list them he's called Matthew so it's interesting to see that's the name he, he goes by later. Um, but then Matthew is, some people say maybe some time passes, maybe it's right after. Um, Matthew invites Jesus, hey, how, how about you come to my house? And, and, and Matthew, he's, he's a bold guy. He, he just invites all his friends. All his friends come. You have Jesus there, and a bunch of his sin, sinner friends, as they're called, and all the tax collectors are there, and Jesus is with them. And they recline at table. And it's not weird, it's just how they, that's just how they ate at that point in time. And, uh, and so it's, been, it's probably a, a pretty good, it's probably good food, wine. Uh, they probably have a good time having conversations, like, like uh, Michael was talking about. They're having real conversations. And also even Matthew, like, <clears throat> he's bold to call all of his friends. Like, this, this Jesus saw me. Guys, maybe you should see him. And then for us, that seems like, that seems like reasonable. That's, you know, that's a good thing. But uh, it's not, also if you remember back to Acts, when Peter gets in big, big, big trouble, and we talked about it a few weeks ago when the centurion doesn't invite P- write Jesus to his house. But now, Jesus goes in and eats with sinners and tax collectors. 
sinners and enemies of the state. People we didn't like. That confuses them. Maybe angers the Pharisees who then who then don't go to Jesus, which is interesting. They don't go and, <laughs> and ask Jesus why he does what he does, but they go to his disciples and say, why does your teacher do this? And, <laughs> and the disciples may be slightly confused or don't know what to say. Then Jesus hears it and he goes back and says, yeah, well, he says like, those who are well have no need as a physician, but those who are sick. It's like, I'm going to the people who need me. And you don't have room in your hearts for me. Because you don't think you need me. Most of the time you just accuse me of all sorts of things I haven't done. Or that I'm a blasphemer. You don't want help. But since you think you are so righteous, I would like you to go and study. So here Jesus gets them, gives them homework. And he says, do you know what Hosea wrote? Well, he wrote this part, and maybe you should study that a little better. And it's the, it's the orange slide. So this is, Jesus quotes Isaiah by saying, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. So I came to call not the righteous but sinners. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. (laughs) For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice. The knowledge of God rather than offerings. And so in this case, Jesus is relating Israel's disobedience in having their hearts far from God but still doing sacrifices. Other places in the prophets, God is saying, will you stop trampling my courts? I hate your songs and your offerings. Will you stop it? Because your hearts are so far from me. Because he's saying here, you are so occupied with tithing the right way, with, uh, like we were talking about just a little bit, why fasting twice a week, tithing, dilt, and, and like small things. But you see people and you don't care. You don't have mercy on people, but you do all these religious things. But the people that actually need to hear about me, you don't care about them. I came for those people. I came to call those who knew they were not righteous. The ones who actually knew they needed a doctor. Not the ones who said, I'm fine. I do my religious duties. I'm fine. I don't need you as a savior. I am righteous by my own deeds. One of the things that maybe is confusing the Pharisees is that in their culture, eating with 
and associating with would also uh, would also indicate that you were okay with people's behavior, that you accepted what people did, but maybe that was a misunderstanding of how to relate to people, because how would people get to know who God is if nobody would go and tell them because they were afraid of being associated with somebody who didn't know, then they would never know. So they're confused. So Jesus, do you behave, do you do do you accept their behavior of these people? That they are gluttons, that they are extorting. And Jesus says, No, I don't. But they know they need me, so I will go to them. And so, so when we talk about like who is sick, then like who's really sick? Who really had to, who really has a need there? You know, the advantage that some people have that are sick, they know they need to go to a doctor. The Pharisees don't know that they are sick, so they don't seek out a doctor. Jesus gives himself this uh, new uh, uh, new title. He calls himself a uh, physician. Like I came to I came to heal the sick. I came to heal the people of their spiritual need, uh, the spiritual bankruptcy. I came to heal and save. I I came as the physician to to heal people. But also, like we talked about in the beginning, I did in my introduction, Jesus cannot force these people, or will not force these people, to see that they are sick. And he, but he will say, "I am not going to spend most of my time with you then, because you don't want to believe. I cannot force to help you. I cannot." bandage your wounds if you keep running away and saying you don't have wounds because you don't want to believe because you think you're healthy and you think you don't even save you I, I think one of the things and, and we have we have the gift of the rest of the Bible and, and Paul writing and, and so you can turn to Romans 5 um um, I think it's the blue slide up there. Um, if you go to Romans 5, uh, 20. Oh. Jesus meets us where we are. And so the thing is that if the if the Pharisees are so, and maybe also us sometimes, if we have to be honest, look in the mirror, Maybe sometimes we think sin is infectious disease and we stay away from it. I'm not talking about uh, avoid not believing the Proverbs that you shouldn't have a lot of fools for friends. That's probably a good idea not to have, but but it doesn't mean that sin in itself is an infectious disease and how will sinners then repent and fall and know Jesus if nobody goes there to tell them? 
Romans 5 is like super beautiful. I'm not gonna, I'm tempted to read all of it, but I won't. Um, um, but it's just so good. But one of the parts I was reminded was, was that is what's on the slide that when we were still enemies of God, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, so much, now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Like, what an amazing beautiful picture of God coming to us when we are at our worst, when we are his enemies, when we are far from God in children of wrath in darkness. He comes to us right where we are and meets us. We have to remember that to be able to show mercy for others that that are in the same situation that we were. God meets people or Jesus meets people there because that's also where he met us. That when we were still enemies he came and found us and reconciled us. And that's what that's also what the that's also what the Pharisee needed to know. Like if you think you're so good then where is your mercy? If you think God has seen on you, has has saved you from your sins, then where is the mercy towards other people? Why is there only hatred and evil towards the people that need to know who I am? And the system of sacrifices and offerings were never so you could feel better than everybody else or earn your salvation. I was going to point to what God did. So I think so I think Jesus is getting a little bit annoyed with the Pharisees. Like how how are you guys saying you're so righteous and you don't care about people? I've come to save people and you don't really seem to care about the weak, the marginalized, and the people that really actually know that they're sinners. So that's So it's one of the things that was good about yesterday for me is as we do those big things, go out for a whole day and look for people, see people as image bearers of God, then next time I look in the mirror, have I become a little more like Jesus or will I continue the same way when I see somebody in the street that needs my help? Will I be too busy Will I be too preoccupied with what I'm doing? Or will those times affect me so I will change to be more like Jesus and be able to stop and help people? Will I have compassion for the refugees, the foreigners, the the lonely, the odd people? Or will it go back the way I was before? Will the mercy that we have received from Jesus come out of us as mercy towards others?
so that we also might even help the big sinners. Because so were we, and so were we, before Jesus had mercy on us. So we need to show that mercy to others. Then, then just, yeah, that's fine. I've already said that. But just some questions about all this thing. Like, when we evaluate ourselves, what does it say about our spiritual growth and maturity? Whether we are able to show mercy or not. And I gotta put, I gotta have to, I just put the cards on the table. When I test, mercy is one of the lowest things I have. So it's kind of weird I was doing what I did yesterday. When you have those scores of spiritual gifts and stuff, mercy is like this big. So it's not something I have. <laughs> it's not something that just comes to me easily. So it's also maybe a challenge for me. It's easy. I, I, sometimes I had and I would talk after the sermons of also how I speak sometimes, where often I think most people are idiots. But that's, that's because mercy doesn't come easy to me. So I have to be reminded about this all the time. And it's good to be reminded like today and be like, no, 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 each person has value, dignity, and worth. And the mercy I was shown, I'm supposed to show to those people because of what Christ has done in me. So what about you when you look in the mirror? <laughs> Are you, maybe you have the same tendency as me, or maybe not. Like, my wife is way different than me. Uh, she maybe should have less mercy sometimes. I don't know, but uh, but what about you? Like, does the mercy that you have received from God is that something that comes out of you in your daily life? And also, just like association with sinners or not association with sinners, do you? How do you see that? And like, what people? What people are you uncomfortable hanging out with? And I'm not saying everybody should hang out with everybody, but it's like, but are there people who's like, ah, no, I don't, mm, not those people. And then, then why? And Jesus, he states his mission like I came. I came for the sinners. I came for the sinners. And that's all of you. They just didn't know that. And then you, then we get to <laughs> this. Good, we get, and I understand. Like you know, the uh, at this point, John the Baptist is in prison. His uh, disciples still following John. Some of them, some of them have come or will come and follow Jesus later. But they are strictly fasting, maybe two times a week, uh, different things, seeking to be closer to God. So, so they, 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 the John's. I don't believe John's disciples are coming with any malice. They're just maybe slightly confused, like. Why are you eating all the time and <laughs> having a good time? Uh, uh, not a good time, but why are you not fasting? And so I don't think John, John's, uh, John's disciples are curious. They, they are asking questions. They're not trying to trick him or, or anything. Um, and then the Jesus, Jesus paints this picture um, of, a wedding, of a wedding feast. And he says, like, when, when, when you're at a wedding, um, like, you don't fast. 
it's a time for feasting. Because everybody is having a good time. They're enjoying the company of everyone. Um, so it's not a time. It's not a time for fasting. Now, Jesus then also cast himself as the bridegroom, uh, and saying, "Like as long as the bridegroom is there, the party is still going on. We're not fasting, but fasting will happen." And then the first time he's going to reference himself and his death, because the bridegroom will leave. But as long as the bridegroom is there then there's no need to fast. Because what is it that fasting does? Fasting, fasting is giving something up, something good up, to spend more time seeking God. But God was there. So it didn't make sense for the disciples to give something up because God was right there with them in Jesus. So they could celebrate that he was right there. They couldn't get closer to him because he was right there. Now, not a lot of people were getting that at this point. Definitely not the Pharisees and the disciples didn't either. They're like, who is this guy? Um, and every Jesus explains it is in his parable. They're no, not fasting now. There will be time for fasting later because I will be gone. So first time he leaves, he's dead for three days. Then he rises again, spends ten days with them, and then ascends into heaven like Joseph read earlier. No, 40 days. And then 10 days, and the 10 days, the Holy Spirit comes. And so that's why the disciples aren't fasting. Because the true presence of who God is is right with them. And then you just have these, then you have these two pictures. And man, I was struggling with those. Like, what are you talking about, Jesus? You're talking about a piece of cloth and you sew on another piece. And, and then you talk about some wine and I don't even drink wine. And then uh, there's old wine skins and new wine. And, and so it's Jesus painting this picture first of him being better than fasting. And then what is his teaching? That Jesus is teaching and the gospel teaching is not just something something to it's not going to fit into the categories of the of the Pharisees and not even the disciples either. Is going to be. It's going to be a fulfillment. It's going to be so new that it needs a whole new category. They don't even know. They don't have any idea what Jesus is going to do. He says a little bit. I'm going to be gone. Then it'll be fasting. But the whole good news about Jesus will change the minds of everybody. It will be so new that. It won't fit into those things. It's got to have a totally new container to hold it. It's like it will explode the old. <laughs> like it would, it would, the old, 
what are your constructions of your mind of what the kingdom of God looks like and what the gospel looks like, how how you think you can't sit and share and how you can't reach out with mercy towards sinners. No, no, the my teaching is different. My teaching is call call people to myself. I'm not afraid of their sin. That's the people I came to, that they might be rescued out of it. And I totally read commentaries for that because I was totally lost. I was like, Jesus, what in the world are you talking about? So that's what smart people say it means. I'm still not totally... I'm still, I'm still not totally... I don't know if it's all of it. Because I think sometimes Jesus was also just a little bit confusing, so we had to really think a lot about it. But that's really that's really <laughs> some smart people's ideas of... It's because Jesus' new teaching is... It's just gonna blow people's concepts of what of what it was, what things were supposed to be, and it fits good with the mercy pot. It fits good with like Jesus is different. I'm just wondering, maybe there's more to it, but maybe another day. But then, as we come, as we just come to the end of end of all these things, so what does this all have to do with us? You know, we talked a little about it already, like. God found, like if you're a believer, God found you when you were lost, an enemy of God. He found, he saw mercy on you and he drew you into himself. He reconciled you. He redeemed you. He showed mercy to you. Do we show that mercy to other people? Do our lives exhibit the joy of that? Like I mean, Romans 5, just like, Pouring out of joy, it's just amazing uh, pictures of what Jesus has done. You're like you got to rejoice in this, and this is what God's done for us. Um, this is how we were made to worship. Just one more story from the from, from yesterday. We were we were out like quite in the beginning, and then and it was be- it was beautiful. And I was thinking, how can it be beautiful? Oh, that's yeah. You can show some pictures too. That's the girl on the uh, your right. She lost her friend, so we're trying to find her friends. We led her totally wrong, and then we found her back. But it, um, but it's on this street, and at one point, it's like thousands of people are coming towards us. There's these big trucks that play music, and they played one particular song, and thousands of people sang that song. And I got go- and I got goosebumps because it was beautiful. It was the voices. It was beautiful. The song. It was like the song was not beautiful, but the the voices were beautiful. It was like this was what they're made for. These people are made to worship God. They are worshiping not God, but they are worshiping. But they were made for this. Those thousands of people singing at the top of my lungs, they're all singing the same song. It was a beautiful moment. It was, I think it was a picture of, <laughs> it's a picture of what we were made for. Um, I had a point with that. <laughs> that's what we're, I mean, that's what we're made for. If we are made to worship God and He show mercy on us, we're made to worship Him, but we're also made then to show mercy on the other people. 
if God could save us, then he can save other people too that are big singers. And we're, you know what? Like that picture was, it was just a good, such a good picture of worship and joy because everybody was, it was at the top of the lungs of thousands of people. They were singing out their worship and they were like with full joy <laughs> singing that song. Do we have the same kind of joy in our daily lives? Are we so convinced about who Jesus is that that's the way we live our lives out? Like I think I, because of people' prayers and everything, I think I had a supernatural energy, and I wasn't annoyed at people. I was like, it was totally unlike me. But, uh, but, do we go through life like that, so convinced of Jesus's mercy and grace towards us that we extend that to other people? If you're in here, you don't. I would just ask you first song run to Jesus talk to us about it the life with Jesus is not just going to be easy it's probably going to be a little bit harder but he's going to be with you all the way and it'll be so so different so good and for us who know it is really just encouragement to like when we see these passages just to be overwhelmed with the mercy that we have gotten by God and that that will spur us on to live for the glory of God and just ask him like we did in our prayer time I'm just so thankful for you guys like praying for boldness praying for courage praying praying for us to have our hearts and minds changed so we will live this out I remember somebody saying that they now gone back to the US but there's like I just like your prayer times you're asking for boldness you're asking you're asking that we might live this out thank you continue to do that because sometimes we don't find it easy and I just think it's such an encouragement that we do that that we're not just here just to not do anything we're here to live out the life that we've been given by God because he showed mercy on us we want other people to experience that mercy Amen Heavenly Father thank you so much for all the things that you're doing in and through us. Thank you so much for the generosity of the church and thank you for the other churches, that uh, the people that took the time to go uh, spend that. Thank you for all the people who are working all the time like this. People who have been transformed by you, a grace to show mercy to other people uh, in all the different fields, Lord. Thank you for all the things that you have already done in us. We've come, however far we come, we have understand better, understood better. Lord, I do pray you give us boldness and courage to live it out and give us the grace and mercy to every day see you as glorious and great so that would actually come out of us. Um, you know, we do pray for that. Bless each person here and the people that couldn't make it today. Um, give us great joy as we help us to live this out. We ask you be honored and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, you may stand for the benediction. And also, don't run away. We have a meal afterwards, so please come in and uh, and um, and uh, share in the meal. Now, to him who is able to protect us from stumbling, and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy.
to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen.